0: And thank you for joining us for our online service this Sunday morning as we continue our study of the Psalms. I'd invite you in your homes to open your Bibles to Psalm 104. Now, last week, if you remember, we celebrated the ascension of Christ, which occurred 40 days following the resurrection. Now, 10 days later, or 50 days following the resurrection, The ascended Christ sent upon his people the promised Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost. Even as we read in Acts chapter 1, Jesus said to his disciples, You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And when he said these things, as they were looking on, he was lifted up and a cloud took him out of their sight. You see, the Lord Jesus promised that he would send the Holy Spirit upon the church so that they might proclaim the gospel to the ends of the earth. And on the day of Pentecost, that promise came to pass. As the disciples were gathered together, the Holy Spirit was poured out upon them, and they began preaching the good news of repentance and forgiveness of sins through Jesus Christ. And the church was born. For by the power of the Spirit, men, women, and children believed and were born anew, and they became new creations. The old passed away, and the new had come. Our psalm for this morning is the traditional psalm that is read on Pentecost Sunday, particularly verse 30, which says, When you send forth your Spirit, they are created, and you renew the face of the ground. You see, in this verse, the church has seen a witness of the life-renewing power of the Holy Spirit. That is, the people of God have seen from Psalm 104 that life, and in particular, new life in Christ, is not the work of man, but is rather the gracious and miraculous work of the Holy Spirit. Psalm 104 calls all of us to praise the Lord, because by His Spirit, He creates life, He sustains life, and He renews life. It is so common for us to be blind to the miracle of life. And yet we fail to see the evidence all around us that witnesses to the Lord's good and gracious power to bring into existence plants and animals. We see the ways that He graciously and lovingly sustains life, but so often we fail to understand that through giving this life, He sustains animals and men with good things and satisfies them. And we fail to see that new life comes not through the power of man, but rather by the working of the Spirit to bring a new creation, not out of the will of man, but of God. This Pentecost Sunday, there are many of us who are caught up in fear and anger and frustration. The situation presented to us on this day is discouraging, We would prefer to gather with unveiled faces, hugging, singing, learning, and sharing together. We would desire to see this virus gone and the precautions of the state suspended. However, this is the time in which we live. It is the day that the Lord has made and we are called to rejoice and be glad in it. And so the way we move from our fears and our frustrations is not to take control, but it is rather to trust in the same Spirit who created life, who will sustain life, and who will renew our lives through Christ Jesus our Lord. For life is a miracle. Therefore, we must trust our whole life to the Lord. So hear now the word of the Lord, Psalm 104. Bless the Lord, O my soul. O Lord, my God, You are very great. You are clothed with splendor and majesty, covering Yourself with light as with a garment, stretching out the heavens like a tent. He lays the beams of His chambers on the waters. He makes the clouds His chariot. He rides on the wings of the wind. He makes His messenger winds, His ministers a flaming fire. He set the earth on its foundations so that it should never be moved. You covered it with the deep as with a garment. The waters stood above the mountains. At your rebuke they fled. At the sound of your thunder they took to flight. The mountains rose. The valleys sank down to the place that you appointed for them. You set a boundary that they may not pass so that they might not again cover the earth. You make springs gush forth in the valleys. They flow between the hills. They give drink to every beast of the field. The wild donkeys quench their thirst. Beside them the birds of heavens dwell. They sing among the branches. From Your lofty abode You water the mountains. The earth is satisfied with the fruit of Your work. You cause the grass to grow for the livestock and plants for man to cultivate." that he may bring forth food from the earth and wine to gladden the heart of man, oil to make his face shine, and bread to strengthen man's heart. The trees of the Lord are watered abundantly, the cedars of Lebanon that he planted. In them the birds build their nests. The stork has her home in the fir trees. The high mountains are for the wild goats. The rocks are refuge for the rock badgers. He made the moon to mark the seasons. The sun knows it's time for setting. You make darkness and it is night when all the beasts of the forest creep out. The young lions roar for their prey, seeking their food from God. When the sun rises, they steal away and lie down in their dens. Man goes out to his work and to his labor until the evening. O Lord, how manifold are Your works! In wisdom You have made them all. The earth is full of your creatures. Here is the sea, great and wide, which teems with creatures innumerable, living things both small and great. There go the ships and Leviathan, which you form to play in it. These all look to you to give them their food in due season. When you give it to them, they gather it up. When you open your hand, they are filled with good things. When you hide your face, they are dismayed. When You take away their breath, they die and return to their dust. When You send forth Your Spirit, they are created and You renew the face of the ground. May the glory of the Lord endure forever. May the Lord rejoice in His works, who looks on the earth and it trembles, who touches the mountains and they smoke. I will sing to the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praise to my God while I have been. May my meditation be pleasing to him, for I rejoice in the Lord. Let sinners be consumed from the earth and let the wicked be no more. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Praise the Lord. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of the Lord remains forever. Let us pray. Father God, who on this day of Pentecost did send forth the light of your Holy Spirit to teach the hearts of your faithful people, grant us by the same Spirit to have a right understanding of all things and to rejoice evermore in the holy comfort that he brings through the merit of Christ our Savior who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the same Spirit, one God, forevermore. Amen. In the Nicene Creed, we confess that we believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life. You see, the work of the Holy Spirit is the work of life. It is the Holy Spirit who hovered over the waters in the creation narrative in Genesis 1. It is the Spirit that was breathed into man to give him life in Genesis 2. We understand that it was the Spirit who brought about the Lord Jesus Christ into existence through a miraculous conception in the womb of the virgin Mary. The book of Job affirms, the Spirit of God has made me and the breath of Almighty gives me life. And again in Psalm 104, when you send forth your Spirit, they are created. One of the biggest intellectual pitfalls of our day, is the assumption that the ability to describe a phenomenon equates to the ability to comprehend a phenomenon. For example, we can describe the process by which rain comes about. Even when you're young in elementary school, you memorize and can describe evaporation, condensation, and precipitation. And yet the process though we can describe it, remains miraculous. For we do not know why water possesses such properties, that millions of tons of salt water can be purified, that it can be lifted thousands of feet into the air, can be transported hundreds of miles, condense and fall without crushing the plant life, but rather that it nourishes and makes things grow. All of this is beyond our ability to comprehend why all of this happens. You see, the miraculous nature of natural phenomena is not removed because we label, categorize, and describe it. And the creation of life is no exception. Life is a miracle for which we must give the Lord glory, honor, and praise. As Psalm 104 says, we must praise the Lord, for he created the heavens and the earth. He brings forth the rains. He created the birds of the air, the plants of the field, the tree of the forest. He made the moon and the sun, the wild beasts, and the domesticated animals. As verses 24 through 25 say, if you look there, O Lord, how manifold are your works! In wisdom have you made them all. The earth is full of your creatures. Here is the sea, great and wide, which teems with creatures, innumerable, living things, both small and great. And I would encourage you, in this time of worry and frustration, in this time of uncertainty and hardship, set your mind upon the reality of God's miraculous creation and praise him. If you remember, Job was a man who was struck with hardships beyond compare. He lost all of his property, he lost his children, and eventually he lost his health. Everything was taken away from Job. And like us, it was his response to want to control the situation by asking why. Why is this happening? What have I done to bring this upon myself? How can I control this situation in a way that I can get out of all of this hardship? But instead of answering his question, instead of relieving his hardship, the Lord directs Job to ponder the miracle of creation. The Lord says to Job, where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? He says, have you commanded the morning since your days began? Have you comprehended the expanse of the earth? Did you give the horse his might? The Lord points Job to the miracle of creation, and he says, I am the Lord. I am the one who has brought about the miracle of life, not you. You have no right to put me in the wrong. What is under the whole heaven belongs to me. It is so tempting And these times, to look to the news or to the internet, to try to make sense out of these hardships by finding a conspiracy or finding an ineptitude within leadership. But instead of making us feel better, we feel even more anger, even more fear, even more frustration about what we are going through. But the Word of God this morning is saying to us, look to the miracle of God's creation by the Spirit. Not for distraction, but for perspective. For when we see the hand of the Spirit's miraculous creation all around us, we will see that He is in control and we are not. And so this week of Pentecost, I urge you, set your mind upon the miracle of life. To flowers and trees, to birds and to creatures, to the moon and to the sun. Turn your anxious thoughts over to the wonder of God's marvelous creation and know that He is in control of the miracle of life and you are not. In the Sermon on the Mount, the Lord Jesus does exactly this in His teaching on anxiety. And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to a span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. What does the Lord Jesus do? He says, Don't give in to anxiety, but look to the miracle of the created life that is all around you. Look to the birds of the air. Look to the lilies of the field. Not to distract yourself, but to get perspective on the miracle of life. When we are overrun with anxiety or fear, we are called to look to the miracle of the Lord's creation. Yet even more than that, we are to look to the lord sustaining of all of creation for the spirit of god does not merely bring things into existence but what we see in psalm 104 is that the lord by his spirit sustains and satisfies the life that he creates as we look through psalm 104 we find this wonderful pattern of creation and satisfaction We see the way the Lord provides an abundance for what he has made. Look at verses 27 and 28. These all look to you to give them their food in due season. When you give it to them, they gather it up. When you open your hand, they are filled with good things. Throughout this psalm, we see this truth displayed. For the Lord waters the earth. He causes the grass to grow to feed the cattle. He provides bread and wine and oil for man that he might not only have food but have joy in this life. He gives homes to little creatures of the earth. He gives the sea so that creatures in the sea have a place that they can even play. The psalm says that the Lord quenches and satisfies and gladdens hearts. And we must praise the Lord Forgiving to his creation, not just life, but abundant life. We must praise him for how his spirit sustains us. For all the good things of this life are a gift from God's hand. He provides food and homes for little birds. He dresses fields of grass with wild flowers. He gives dolphins and whales the joy of playing in the oceans. The Lord is not greedy or stingy. He who provides with such abundance will provide for you as well. We forget this truth when we find ourselves anxious about tomorrow, when we find ourselves hoarding when others are in need, when we become upset when the future is uncertain and plans are changed. When we forget that the Spirit of God is sustaining our lives, we become overwhelmed with the prospect of uncertainty. But when we know that our life continues because of the sustaining grace of God, then we can walk in peace in such times as we find ourselves. For all of our days are numbered by the Lord. They are in His hand. He sustains our lives. It was never us. And then what is His will, He brings our lives to an end. Look at verse 29. When you hide your face, they are dismayed. When you take away their breath, they die and return to their dust. It seems strange, but these verses are a great comfort to know that your life and death are not controlled by disease. Your life and your death are not controlled by the government, but rather they are controlled by the very Spirit of God. When it is his desire, he will provide life, and when it is his desire, he will take it away. There is a time to live, there is a time to die, and the Spirit of the Lord is the one who decides and brings both about so don't give in to fear. Don't give in to frustration in these times, but praise the Holy Spirit who miraculously sustains all life. You see, it is the Spirit of God who creates life miraculously. It is the Spirit of God who sustains life miraculously. And it is in Him that we live and move and have our being. And yet the Spirit brings to us even more than this. For we see in our text that it is by the Spirit of the Lord that we are given new life. Again, verse 30. When you send forth your Spirit, they are created, and you renew the face of the ground. What we see in this verse is that the Spirit who creates and sustains also renews. That is, he brings new life to where there was once death. It is a miracle to bring life into being. It is a miracle to keep life going. And it is a miracle to take that which has died and to give to it life once again. When the Spirit was given on the day of Pentecost, it was given that new life might be brought to those who were dead in their sins and trespasses. It was given that God's people might be born again of the Spirit and they might become new creations in Christ. For the Lord Jesus Christ died to win this for his people, to win for them forgiveness of sins and life everlasting He rose from the dead to open up the grave and free his people from death. And then he ascended up into heaven and he poured forth his Holy Spirit to give to his people the gifts that he had won for them in his life. For there is no forgiveness apart from the Spirit. There is no newness of life apart from the Spirit. There is no eternal abundant life apart from the Spirit. Just as the Spirit formed and sustained all life, He is the one who brings new life. Therefore, if you would live, you must receive the Holy Spirit. Now, there has been on and off debate about Spirit filled Christians versus quote unquote non Spirit filled Christians. But when you turn to the scripture, this debate is meaningless. For throughout the Scriptures, we see that without the Holy Spirit, there is no new life. For new life is not something that we control, but it is a miracle. It is a miracle that is brought about through the life-giving work of the Holy Spirit. As Paul says in Romans chapter 8, Anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to him. You see, to be a Christian is not merely an intellectual assent to the truths of Scripture that somehow you can learn yourself into being a Christian. Rather, to be a Christian is a miraculous work of the Spirit to recreate a dead soul, to breathe life into a heart that was once dead, to bring life where there was once death, to cause new birth, On Pentecost, we remember that the Lord Jesus sent forth the Holy Spirit and that the Holy Spirit gave new life, eternal life, and that He will sustain that eternal life unto all eternity. And seeing that new life is a miracle, we must call out to the Lord to give us His Spirit that we might be a new creation in Christ we must pray that the Lord would send forth His Spirit in power, that we might walk in the ways that the Lord Jesus Christ has ordained for us to walk in. For the Spirit creates life. The Spirit sustains life. And only by the Spirit may you receive new life. Now it has been well over two and a half months since we have begun dealing with the effects of COVID-19, and we have all seen that there is a growing divide within our nation between those who desire an abundance of caution and those who think that it is time to move on. The rhetoric has become very heated on both sides, as I know you have seen. On one side, you have those who desire to protect life and health through measures of social distancing, wearing face masks, and the like. On the other side, you have those who believe that it would be more beneficial to open back up. They desire to protect freedoms and financial well-being, as well as mitigate all of the negative physical and mental health effects of a continued lockdown. To make matters more complicated, this divide has become increasingly more political. And so what are we to do as Christians? Well, I'm not going to pretend that I'm a public health expert with all of the answers. I have opinions about what we should do, and yet if people who actually know what they are talking about are split, I can imagine that my opinions are not 100% correct. And surprise, surprise, neither are yours. I would encourage you, therefore, Christians, to turn from what is uncertain to what is true. Turn to the work of the Spirit in this world and in your life. Receive perspective, not through the endless ramblings of the media, but through the continual testimony of creation. Walk in peace, not through controlling the situation, but through submitting to the Spirit's life-sustaining power and use your energies not to spread a message of uncertain opinions about what we should be doing, but rather spend your energy and your time spreading the message of the gospel. For on Pentecost the Spirit was sent upon the church that we might proclaim the gospel to the ends of the earth. This is what we should spend our time on. This is what we should spend our energy towards. This should be our goal in this time, that we would see the gospel go forth in our families, in our communities, in our state, and around the world. And so I urge you, Christian, on this Pentecost Sunday, in the midst of uncertain times, in the midst of hardship, do not look to that which is uncertain, but look to the miraculous, life-giving power of the Spirit of God. For the life that we seek will be found nowhere else but in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and Giver of life. In the name of the Father and of the Son, of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us pray. Almighty God, we come to you now in this time, and we pray, Lord, thanksgiving, that you would be so gracious to give to us life, to sustain us with good things, even to satisfy our longings and to give us joy. And we thank you that by your grace, you send forth your spirit to give us new life. Father, I pray for Rivermont, that you would fill all of those who are listening and participating in this worship service with your spirit, that they might be empowered toward the proclamation of the gospel, that we might see people from every tongue, tribe, people and nation enfolded into your kingdom, For your glory and honor, we pray it in Christ's holy name. Amen.